Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 100 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, and fluffy cats that are sitting next to me. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and for this fantastic 100th episode, we have two special guests. Gentlemen, would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, I am uh, today's bit of stunt casting. I am known as uh, Christopher Daniels. Some people call me the Fallen Angel. Others call me the Ring General. I am also known as Agent CD of Impact Wrestling. And uh, you've also got Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom here from beautiful and sunny Los Angeles. Uh, and I am sometimes called Stromy. Yes, uh, so this is a Tuesday night recording, a special one just for this 100th episode. We're using that newfangled Skype technology to do this. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hey, thanks know, for having me, man. It's yeah, my pleasure. We're super psyched, and we are we are very sad that Mr. Ben Morse cannot be with us. I wouldn't be doing this podcast without Benjamin. He's been with me the whole time. Uh, he listened to my crazy idea to start this up, and with his help, we have not missed a single week in these last two years, uh, he is right now gallivanting across Europe, France, and Prague, taking photos and being being very Ben-like. It's wonderful. I think I think he's looking for the Ark of the Covenant. I could swear that's what he told me in his last email. That makes sense. Uh, he's, it's, he's it sounds right. That. Yeah, he is a he is a bit of a swashbuckler. Definitely, that's that's often said about Ben, swashbuckler. Um, so if you guys are just joining us, we're going to go through all the new comics on sale this week, from the print and single issues to digital to collections and all kinds of good stuff. We're going to talk about the news, new releases, and we're going to get to your questions and comments, and I'll actually be doing the questions and comments with two other special guests. We'll get to that later on in the episode, but we're going to dive right into things right now with A Plus X number 12. This one is a fun one. You've got a Wonder Man and Beast story by Christos Gage and Dave Williams, and a Captain America and Jubilee story by Justin Jordan and Angel Unzia Unzueta who um, I think both of these artists are new to me, but I really dug each of their styles. They're so different. Actually, Angel um, Unzueta kind of reminds me of Mike Diodato. Super cool, super detailed, very kinetic, uh, badass action, and lots of great use of uh, blacks throughout the the you know uh, throughout the page really great use of inks it's it was a fun story with nazi vampires and uh really good things uh chris what'd you think um i think that this is a perfect example of what this book is meant to be i mean different stories one of them is uh two characters that are very familiar with other two characters that you've seen teamed up in the past with Wonder Man and Beast. And then on the exact opposite side of the gamut, you've got two characters that, you know, very rarely have with each other. And I, I think it's a challenge to the Marvel uh, writers and artists to come up with reasons for some of these characters to get together. But so far in the series, they've done a great job. And this is another great job. I really did like the Captain America Jubilee story. Um, you know, just the idea of uh, Cap sort of trying to show Jubilee what she can be, despite the fact that she's a vampire, like the choices that she makes uh, sort of de- determines the type of person slash vampire that she is. I thought that was a great idea. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where the last page of the story sort of caught me off guard. I wasn't sure what 
you know, where they were going in terms of like the moral of the story, so to speak. And then, you know, you get to the last page and you sort of, oh, okay, uh, that warm feeling. So I really dug this issue. So uh, I dug this issue. Nice. I really like Christos is basically a love letter to the bromance between Beast and Wonder Man. It was really cool. I remember a lot of old, you know, 80s and even some 90s stories with them palling around. Super fun stuff. Lots of great little touches in this one. And uh, also this, the page where they, uh, <laughs> they shave half of Wolverine's head was pretty terrific. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think that uh, Wonder Man is an interesting character that Marvel is is sort of dealing with now in the fact that he, him becoming a pacifist, uh, he definitely stands out from the crowd now, how he interacts with all the other heroes, their reaction to his decisions, and um, this was a, a really good story, like you said, about uh, two guys that have you know known each other for such a long time, that love letter to that bromance, um, and, and how their lives have changed from Back in the day when they were just part of the Avengers and sort of piling around the, not the comic relief, but sort of that lighthearted duo of the Avengers back in the day. Totally. Um, Strami, you got the next book, one of your two big books for the week. What do you got? <laughs> yep, next up is Avengers number 20 from writer Jonathan Hickman and artist Laniel Francis Yu, along with Gary... Alanguilan? <laughs> Jerry. 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 But Jerry okay. Alanguilan? Yeah, sure. let's go with that. All right. Um, yeah, and if you haven't been following Infinity, um, well, I don't really know what's wrong with you because I <laughs> have been loving this book uh, ever since Hickman started on it. And now this is really sort of the you know capper to his first big arc and in this issue in particular you get to see a lot of stuff coming together that he's been playing with ever since issue one of this series with the gardeners with uh abyss with ex nilo uh and you get some more backstory about what they're all about get deeper into their mythology their relationship to the builders who are currently trying to kill all of the avengers and the universe um yeah it's it's a great story tons of action and then also tons of really interesting sort of backstory and mythology on the uh, uh the builders and their creations yeah, I love how it you know it fits into the the nooks and crannies of everything, but it also furthers the larger uh, Infinity storyline. It's it's pretty cool, and I really love what they they've done with the um, the ex nihilos and everything like that. It's it's really cool stuff. Chris, yeah, I, I was yeah, I, uh, I'm following along, and and one thing that I've always told uh, other other comic guys, especially the wrestling fan or the wrestlers that I deal with, that. Uh, you know, sort of come to me about like when they have questions about what to read. I always tell them that Jonathan Hickman is is a little bit of heavy lifting in terms of writing. He's not uh, he's not a light, airy guy. You got to really uh, concentrate and be reading his stuff. But I mean, when you do, you get rewarded with just some serious depth and some serious uh, some serious themes in his stuff. And um, I like going back to like you said about the the. All the way back to the first couple issues uh, with Ex Nilo and Abyss and, and these characters that he uh, introduced in the first couple issues of this this series, um, 
now that we're halfway through Infinity, it's interesting to see where everything's going. It's interesting to see uh, these characters and such a big cast that he's put in this uh, in this comic book. How it's all sort of coming together. Yeah, it's, I think the the word there is big, 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 big. All right, on to Avengers Assemble, number 19, by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Jen Van Meter, and Barry Kitson. Um, So the thing about a bunch of these tie-in books, especially Avengers Assemble and Captain Marvel, and uh, some of the things you'll see in the Avengers and New Avengers books, is they show a lot of the moments that you'll find in the main Infinity story, but they sort of expand on them, give you different perspectives, different POVs, different um, uh, branching bits of dialogue and cool extras, which I think is great if, you know, you these aren't, uh, you know, for someone who says, I, I need to read uh, Infinity, do I have to read every tie-in? No, you definitely don't need to read every tie-in, but when you do, you actually get uh, a bunch more layers of all the cool different things that are going on, and I thought I think that's pretty cool. Like here, there's some really fun stuff with Spider Woman and everybody else. Yeah, I, I, uh, I I'm, I think one of the good things that Marvel has done over the past couple of big crossovers, I think you saw it a lot in uh, uh, Secret Invasion. You definitely saw it a lot in Fear itself. Uh, the tie-in books, like you said, are, are sort of supporting. Uh, uh, they're supporting characters or they're supporting the main story by giving you the point of view of different characters throughout. And like the last two issues being a, a little bit of a, a spider woman slash captain Marvel uh, viewpoint. Um, I thought this was a very good, uh, uh, I guess, uh, character. Uh, now what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's just a very good issue featuring spider woman. And um, I dug the interaction at the end between her and Hawkeye uh, I don't know if I'm the only one on the planet that feels this way, but I was sort of bummed out when uh, uh, they sort of broke up in the Hawkeye series and Hawkeye uh, diddling when he shouldn't have. That, that sort of bummed me out, man. I was real happy to see, you know, I think all of us romantics at heart were like, oh, these two characters are good together. And then uh, the, the the roving eyes of Hawkeye put that to bed. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's something else that Clint bought. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. It's it's funny too. It's weird that you you figure like uh, like Bendis was the one who put the characters together in, in the Avengers, and then Fraction is the one who breaks them up, and then here Kelly Sue DeConnick is sort of dealing with the aftermath. I wonder how difficult it is for the Marvel writers to sort of get on the same page, or does somebody go, "All right, well I'm going to put them together. You guys break them up, and then you guys deal with the aftermath." It's uh, it's astonishing to think that all of these authors they have their own. Uh, you know, they have their own point of view, their own way that they voice these characters. And, um, you know, it's funny. It's fun to see them go down different paths when different writers are writing them. So I think that's part of the, the beauty of, of having such a good universe as Marvel. Yeah, we're lucky. I mean, all the, the editors talk to each other. And, you know, they're even a book like, I believe, Captain Marvel and Hawkeye are, are in the same office Avengers Assemble, I don't think so, but there's there's good discussions and everybody sort of knows what the plans are and, and what the you know the goals are for the characters. So yeah, it definitely helps when you have everybody working on these cool things. 
All right, next book up is one of my favorite series right now, Deadpool number 17 by Brian Posehn, Jerry Dugan, and the amazing art team of Declan Chalvey and Jordi Belair. And in this, you've got uh, Deadpool with Captain America and Wolverine, and they're in North Korea in this just totally messed up uh, weapon faux Weapon X project with, you know, these messed up versions of the um, Uncanny X-Men or the giant size X-Men team who have Deadpool's DNA, and it's it's full of just disgusting moments and f- crazy action. Really awesome character stuff for Deadpool. I mean, he gets fleshed out. He's been getting fleshed out so much more um, here in this series, and especially in these last bunch of issues. You know, you feel for him, but um, you also, you know, you, you cheer for him, you groan at some of the things he says, it's great, and um, you just want him to stab somebody in the face by the end of this issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny, I Deadpool is one of the, the books that sort of fell by the wayside for me just because of time, uh, you know, trying to read everything, uh, it just got to be such a burden to try and read everything. And I sort of let go of Deadpool for a little while. And I see now that I'm, I'm missing some good stuff, especially with the art, uh, Declan Shavely. He was, uh, doing venom before, if I recall, and then looking at his stuff now, it looks really good, man. I'm, uh, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Deadpool the character, but I, I just uh, was something that I sort of let let slide, and and now I see that I'm, I'm missing something. Coming in in the middle of a storyline like this, um, you know, I, I see now that I'm uh, I, I, I'm remiss to to not be reading this. Well, good. I I don't I don't have any uh, digital codes for these, but they will eventually be on Marvel Unlimited. So hopefully. You, we have you set up for that, and you can you can catch up because it's really they've been doing a kick-ass job on this book. I'm very happy with it. All right, FF number twelve by Matt Fraction, uh, Lee Allred, Michael Allred, and Laura Allred. It's a big old family affair in this one, and uh, I mean this is just like the super trippy book of the Marvel universe, and I like that about it. It's it's kind of like goofy and. It doesn't take itself totally seriously. It has a lot of fun. You get Doctor Doom being just total jerk, messing up one of his servants who forgot to cut the crust off his sandwich. You got the Moloids and the Herbies and and some kissing and the Impossible Man's kid and lots of little quirks going on all around. Plus Julius Caesar, who is just a total jerk. Uh, there's so many elements going on here, but it's it's just it's a fun book, which is is good. We need the fun every once in a while. Yeah, and it seems like that's sort of the 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 yin to the yang. That's fractured. Fantastic Four dealing with such a serious issue right now of, of uh, you know sort of searching for his particular. Um, you know, some stuff going on in that in that book. Uh, the complete opposite, like to me. The big uh, for me when I read the the scene where uh, She-Hulk and uh, Darla are fighting in the ring and Dragon Man uh, asked if they wouldn't hit a, a Dragon Man with glasses, that was a big pop for me. So that uh, faction uh, for him to be writing both books and sort of like dealing with two different, not uh, you know doing a little comedy and a little drama. I think that's you know that's always one of the best. Yeah, he 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 does a really great job of hitting that. That medium, uh, or that balance, I should say. All right. Gambit, number 17, written by James Asmus, with art by Clay Mann, Jay Lyston, and Ed Tadeo. And 
this wraps up the the big storyline with the 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 thieves killed, as uh, Gambit would say, um, and you know Gambit being. The guy that he is gets out of a sticky situation. He uh, he cheats his way into getting what he wants. He uh, he totally gets killed. Um, spoiler alert! But you know it's comics, and so there's a good explanation for how things uh, shake out there. My wife is glaring at me because I think I just spoiled the issue for her, and she hasn't read it yet. Um, so that's going to happen, and going to come back to me later. Uh, so <laughs> We've got uh, really great guest appearances in this one, and um, MI13, you know, that crew, uh, having them show up, and they showed up earlier, I love love that. There's a lot of resolution to a bunch of things here, and, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I do enjoy this Gambit series. Uh, yeah, and I'm digging the art, man. Clay, man, like, this particular issue, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Oliver uh, Koipel. I don't know uh, if I'm saying his last name right, but... Uh, Olivier Coipel. Now, see, the, you guys got to write phonetically uh, on the uh, credits page, <laughs> I, or else you're going to get foolish Oliver Koipel things being said. But, uh, yeah, I'll really ask him next time I see art, him. Man. Yeah, tell him, tell him to put a... Uh, the way his name would be written in the dictionary, please. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a. I could tell this was one that I also don't, I don't follow regularly, but uh, I could tell I was picking up the very end uh, of a really good story, and, and uh, I really dug the scene that you're talking about. That's going to get you in trouble with the misses. Um, that was a really a, a really good surprise, but um, I, I think well well handled and well written. And uh, Clay Man's an art. He's a machine, man. It's really good, really good art. Yeah, totally. Have you? Did you read his um, Age of X series? Uh, well, say it again. Did I read his what? Uh, he he drew Age of X, I believe. Was that it, Strami? Yeah, he did. He drew. I don't know if he drew the whole thing, but he drew at least half of it. Yeah, he drew a bunch read, of parts of that. I read some of it. I I know one thing that he drew. I think that he drew that I really enjoyed was the Magneto. Uh, not a hero. Was that him? Yes, that was him. Yeah, Scotty wrote. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool uh, miniseries that I picked up as a trade. Um, that I was real. That might have been the first time that I was aware of Clay. And uh, this this book, uh, I think, uh, if people are in for if people are reading for good art, I think that this is definitely a book to be picking up. This guy is really good. Yeah. Do you when you're just you know like browsing the comic shops? Do you go for you know like ooh that looks really cool? I love the art. I'm gonna pick that up. Or what what is what gets you to to buy a book? I think that uh, if it's a if it's a creator that I'm already aware of, that will get me to to pick up a book. Like if it's something by Bendis, for example, I'll pick it up no matter who the character is. But if it's someone that I'm not aware of, it has to be the character that makes me want to pick it up. And um, I'll give you a good example. I wasn't uh, too aware of the stuff that Nick Bradshaw had done before he started doing Wolverine and the X Men. But because I was picking that up. I got you know aware of his work and and started to enjoy his stuff. So now in the future, if I see that he's drawn something, I'm more likely to pick it up. Yeah, he's kind of insane. Like his, the evolution of his style and and how good he's gotten over the last couple of years is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next book is Guardians of the Galaxy number six by your man Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Sarah Pakelli and Oliver Coipel. How did you how did you say it, Oliver? Uh, not Olivier Coipel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, maybe we should ask him if he likes it better, just the 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 Americanized version, or if he if he's uh, married to the idea of uh, 
all the wacky pronunciations. I don't know. It may change. And we may Maybe be not, able though. to change his French mind. We'll see. <laughs> Um, but this is cool because it's, it's the big knockdown drag out fight between Kimura and Angela. And it's, um, you know, it's one of those show don't tell things, even though we say, oh, look at these people. They're badass. Then they beat the holy hell out of each other. And it's, it's a really awesome fight. In the midst of all that, you've got Peter Quill and Thanos. And there's some really cool stuff going on there. And you know that's going to come back around to us later. But uh, on top of all that, you got the Watcher being a total dick. Uh, I I once in a while call characters, you know, names like that, like the Red Skull or um, the Watcher. It's just it's just fitting here. He's just so just such a jerk about like, <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna stand here, keep asking me questions, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's there's some really cool moments here. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see what we do with Angela and how she fits into things going forward. Yeah, see, that's that's exactly the thing that I took from this issue. Like, this is really what her her, her second issue that she's been in, second or third, and I, I'm still like, this is really the first sort of full interaction of, between her and the Guardians, and it's interesting to see how she does and then where she goes from here. Um, I was sort of unfamiliar with the character before she was introduced at the end of of age of Ultron and, and, and I'm interested to see what, how she's used in the, in the universe, how Bendis and how Neil Gaiman sort of, uh, set her off on the, on the, the path in the Marvel universe. It's an interesting idea to take a character from a completely different universe and sort of throw her in the deep end as you guys have done. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun ride, I believe. Um, all right, on to Infinity Heist number one by Frank Thierry and art by Al Baranuevo. And I, this might be my pick of the week. I, I still have to figure out as we go through all the books. But I was totally happily surprised by how freaking much I love this. It's just – it's right up Frank's, uh, Frank's alley with, you know, bad guys being jerks and double-crossing each other and getting into fights and having problems and talking like a bunch of stooges. And, and there's really cool things going on. You've got the main characters are uh, Whirlwind. Whirlwind? Whirlwind. Yes. Yep, yeah, Whirlwind. Whirlwind and... Um, the Blizzard. The Blizzard. And it's, uh, you know, it's like two guys, yeah, you don't see too often, but they're just really fun here. Um, and... I like where this goes. You get a whole bunch of other villains who show up. It's a lot of B, C, D-level um, villains popping in, but they make for really great, dramatic, fun, and funny stuff amidst all the craziness that's going on with Infinity. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's an interesting concept to take these, like you said, B-level, C-level villains and make them the protagonists in this side story that, is about infinity, but it's not about infinity. I, I think that's a, a real, it's a daring move. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, basically telling people, Hey, let's take a look at this book about blizzard and whirlwind. And, you know, on paper, you might go, well, what's that all about? But I mean, I'm, I'm glad I picked it or I'm glad you guys sent this book along. This is really, it's interesting stuff. And I'm interested to see where this goes with these characters and the interaction. Like you said, the guys in the bar, uh, I think it's, it's hysterical. Yeah. 
Strami, you'll love it. You should you should definitely read it. I'm being 100% serious. You'll love it. I actually read it while we were uh, talking. So you're not even paying attention to the damn podcast? No, I'm paying attention and reading. We're just background at this point. Yeah, we're we're like, you know, NPR. Do you want me to just do do (laughs) like I'm white noise? Or will that put you to sleep, Strami? Because I fall asleep with white noise. I, I'm I'm just so happy that Whirlwind is finally getting some time to shine because he has always been one of my favorite villains that uh, I'm not even going to take your guys' comments to heart. <laughs> uh, you, well, you know, Whirlwind is a lot better than Shocker, so it's, it's all good. No, I won't go that far. <laughs> oh, Stromy. Shocker uh, does have the best yellow and brown outfit uh, combination uh, since Samoa Joe. Like Joe used to wear yellow and brown, but Shocker wore it first. So, well, I'll give him that. Uh, All right, Joe wears it better though. He does. What is Joe reading these days? Do you know? Do Uh, I? He's picking up. I him along uh, some some codes for all new X Men. Uh, uh, He's he's into a lot of like science fiction novels now, so he's not doing as many comics as used to but i try to send him all the same sort of stuff that you're sending me so uh i i try to be the conduit to get on all the stuff that you send me out to the entire uh impact wrestling locker room if i can good good i appreciate that mm, uh, my pleasure all right over to marvel universe ultimate spider-man number 18 which is the awesome brain switch episode that brian michael bendis wrote wolverine and spider-man swap brains and hilarity ensues it was a really fun episode and this is adapted by mr joe Carmagna. Um, so if you haven't seen the episode definitely pick up the comic but track down the episode if you can um, Strami, what season was that in? Is that two or one? That was season one, episode nine. So it is available on iTunes for purchase. You can also see it on Netflix streaming if you are a Netflix subscriber. Um, I believe those are the two main places you can find it. Probably also on Amazon Instant Video. That's interesting. Why uh, Why is the book so far behind the the cartoon? If it's available on... Uh, Netflix already. I imagine it, it was released what a year or two ago, maybe. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. Why are you so far behind the cartoon, Chris? I don't know. I, I <laughs> the one the one facet of Marvel that I'm not completely all the way up in the business of is the cartoons, and I I don't know if that's just because uh, you know my it, my kids haven't gotten into it yet, and so it's not on my television as often as it should be. So I, I'm way for I'm way behind, and I'm uh, a lot of it has to do with being Mr. Mom and making sure my kids don't starve. But um, yeah, I'm I'm behind on the cartoons. I'm just it's surprising that uh, they're adapting to me. It's surprising, and maybe I'm a buffoon. Uh, well, there's no maybe about that. But <laughs> I, I'm just uh, you know it seems weird that they uh, they're as far behind as they are. Uh, is this something where they're going to adapt all of the episodes and then? Uh, I guess continue to do that, or are they going to do original stories, or is that sort of in the plans? As someone who has no idea, I ask these questions. It was previously original stories, and then they switched it over to adapting the episodes. Um, Oh, okay. And so it's it's been you know here and there, and it's just a it's a cool way to get. You know, another look at the uh, the episodes. I don't know why the where the timing is, but I think it's just because we switched over um, only several months ago. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, 
Yeah, it's the switch over, and it's also, I don't think they will, just because, you know, only 12 issues of this series come out a year, whereas, you know, over the course of a year, there were something like 32 episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man. So I just don't think they can adapt every single episode. So they're sort of just, you know, adapting, um, sort of picking which ones to adapt and going from there. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think it's cool that that Marvel is sort of uh, catering to a, a younger audience with this and and some of the other things that were released this week or will be released. Um, you know, and it, these are the, this is the type of thing that I I would like to give my son and hopefully get him as interested in comic books as I was when I was his age. That's exactly what we're trying to do. There you have it. I I, I figured your ploy out. Hmm. All right, over to Nova, number eight, written by Zeb Wells with pencils by Paco Medina. And this is another Infinity tie-in. You also got some Watcher jerkiness in here, as he is wont to do, just standing around looking all sad and and weird at people. Um, You've got Thanos and the Black Order crew, and we get to see a new member of Thanos' larger horde, if you will, uh, you get Caldera, who is Proxima Midnight's daughter, um, and she is totally creepy as she is resting inside the belly of a giant creature thing, which was really cool design by Paco. It's got this creature and this little handler for the creature. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Rancor monster and the guy who takes care of the Rancor monster. In uh, Return of the Jedi, they don't look anything like it, but I just got that vibe. But then it's uh, totally gross that there's some like slicing through of the belly, and this weird little demented um, murderous woman comes out or girl, I guess. And uh, I, I have to correct you, Ryan, as I just read this one as well. <laughs> and she she is not resting within the belly of this creature. She is resting within the womb of this creature. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry, Strami. Yes. Thank goodness for your extensive medical uh, uh, knowledge to, to to catch that that faux pas. Also, she refers to uh, little girl Sam's little sister as little meat, which <laughs> is a perfectly terrifying thing yeah that's that's not fun at all um but you also get uh the new warriors in here and if ben were here he would be super excited and i'm gonna do my best ben impression Oi pa i'm so excited i'm gonna go get some uh baked beans and go to what, what's the fenway park because that's how ben talks <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds like a fake minnesota accent <laughs> i obviously do the best accents Yes, yes. I for a minute thought Ben had walked into the room. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Chris, you, did you get a chance to read this one? I did, man. And, and uh, I, I dug, uh, following along on the Star Wars motif, I dug how she uh, basically ripped the Tauntaun belly open and was living inside of it. Either womb or belly. I was fine with either one of those uh, uh, spaces. <laughs> I just figured it wasn't in the esophagus and it certainly wasn't in the colon. <laughs> it was somewhere in the middle there, so... <laughs> Yeah. Is it, is it is it am I the only one that thinks it weird that she looks relatively human compared to Proxima Midnight and the rest of the uh the uh oh, what what were they called they weren't called Black Guard were they? The Black, the Black Order. Order. Black Order, thank you. 
Thank you. Does it? Am I the only one that thinks she looks a tad human? No, nope, like, she is she the mailman's does. daughter? <laughs> yeah, she she definitely got some paternity Prox- questions going on. Proxima Midnight gets around, guys. Yeah, she gets around apparently. And she's, she's a bit. Uh, she's a little vicious, and yeah, she she maybe steps around town a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over to Trial of the Punisher number one, written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Laniel Francis Yu, and this. I swear, this has been in the works for something like five or six years. I remember. I, I think even longer than that. I think this is. I think this is actually a very first thing Mark Guggenheim ever wrote for Marvel. Really? Yeah, and it's just been sort of guest staying for that long. I don't know what the story is behind that. Um, I, I'll have to ask. You know, who's the editor on this here title? Uh, the editor is Mark Paniccia and John Moyson. So I can go ask them. I'm very curious because it was a terrific issue. It was really good. I mean, and um, Mark has a little text piece in the back where he talks about, yeah, you know, Frank's been caught by the police or he's given himself up or he's been in police custody several times. And that's totally true, but he's never been inside a courtroom. And then, if you take that and run with it, you get this whole really cool story. You got this great um, this bunch of lawyers and the the effects surrounding things and witnesses. Um, and while it's it's easy to make a courtroom comic kind of boring, this is totally full of tension and some some really interesting character stuff in here. I was super happy with this one. Uh, yeah, I think this is the favorite, my favorite thing that I read. I, at least it was a big surprise. Like, I had no idea this was coming out. I didn't know uh, that this was an upcoming project. And so to see this and to see who's involved, um, like, Lennel Yu is, is, if this isn't his breakout year, uh, I mean, I guess he's broken out for a while now. He's just becoming one of the mainstays of Marvel. Uh, but, the, I mean, you look at the Avengers stuff that he's doing in the same month he's doing a courtroom drama. It's just great stuff, and I really – I'm very interested to see where this goes. Yeah, it's good. It's it's super good. Uh, and obviously I don't know my alphabet well enough because that was out of order. Um, so up next is Scarlet Spider, number 22, written by Chris Yost and Eric Burnham with awesome art by um, – Patrick Oleaf, uh, Timothy Green II, and David Baldion. And you've got, you know, those jerk-ass family, the the Cravens, uh, going after Scarlet Spider, going after Kane. Um, They are just twisted and mean and totally crazy, uh, from the daughter to the dad. And, I mean, you've got... The rest of the family doesn't show up here, but... Between the two of them, you've got more than enough. And you've got some, you know, l- loose tigers and lions, and that's that's never good. I mean, I love this book. It's super fun. We talk about it every time an issue comes out. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see Kane let loose against uh, Craven in the next issue. Yeah, there's some great art in here. There's a great splash page uh, with Kane battling uh, a tiger and a leopard. Um very cool stuff, man. Uh, and I think that might, that's not Patrick Oliff. That might be uh, Baldion. Is that what you said his name was? Yeah, David Baldion. Yeah, I believe David so. Baldion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And this is one of the books that I don't follow. I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really sold on Kane, the character, 
uh, as I read the first couple issues of Starfinder, but uh, this is an interesting issue to sort of catch the middle of this story and to see, like you're talking about, the, the family Craven sort of uh, going buck wild with, with Kane, um, and then what seems to be like the penultimate uh, issue of this of this saga. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Excellent use of penultimate, Chris. We, that, that You're is welcome. A, that is a favorite work, uh, favorite word on our podcast, and uh, I, I appreciate you using it. Stay in school, kids. That's the best <laughs> I can tell you. Stay in school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> up next is Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, number three, written by Rob Rohde, with art by Mike Del Mundo, and it's, it's just a delight to get interior art by Mr. Mike Del Mundo, who does such great cover work for us. <laughs> In here, you've got his really quirky, really fun, fluid, um, painterly, wild style inside. And uh, it's about, you know, uh, Superior Spider-Man dealing with the craziness of Thanos' invasion of New York City with the introduction of a new superpowered character. This gal gets some, some like, electricity-type powers, and um, Doc Ock... Parker has to deal with that in the midst of fighting aliens and being a jerk to Luke Cage. And it's there's some really cool stuff. I do have to take issue with one thing in this book. It's set at the beginning in the cloisters. I can literally walk outside my front door, turn left, and see the cloisters at the top of the hill. I know where it is. I've been there a billion times. And it doesn't look like this inside. And you don't see New York City from any of its windows like that, but you know, I'll give them some artistic license. It's, it's the Marvel universe inside there. Maybe it's a little different, but um, at least it looked freaking gorgeous. Cause this was a beautiful issue. Uh, yeah. Mike Del Mundo, this guy's art is, is really good. And, and you mentioned that it, it, very painterly. I was thinking the same thing. Like this is uh, very well painted. If it's not painted, uh, it looks very much like it is. And, um, and I'm digging the fact that this seems to be going on in the middle of Mighty Avengers 1 and 2, like in the middle of this, it's happening. So uh, I, and uh, introducing this Fulmina character, um, it's pretty cool, man. This, this, uh, so far, the Superior Spider-Man team-up has been a very interesting mix of, like, stories sort of in between the stories of other of other books, which I think is pretty, a pretty cool uh, use of the book, uh, getting Spider-Man involved with uh, the new Spider-Man, as it were, involved with the other superheroes of the Marvel Universe. Totally. Yeah, uh, uh, I was just going to add that, you know, uh, to me, Mike Del Mundo's art in this issue in particular, because I read it, just now while we were talking um it it almost looks like you guys said painterly but to me it looks like really gorgeous animation cells almost as if like each panel is its own cell and really has this animated quality to it and it i don't know it just really oh, struck no. me and I'll give you that. Like, there's not a lot of dark. There's not a lot of dark uh, parts in the thing. So I guess yeah, it does sort of come off very animated. So yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you that. I defer. Yeah, and well, <laughs> and it's just it's. Uh, I just really enjoy his art because I think it's it's slightly different from what you see in a lot of our other books, and it just is a nice contrast to everything while still fitting in with everything else. Yeah, there's one thing to say about Marvel right now is that they've certainly got uh, 
a, a, a wide variety of artists uh, at the helm. You know, I mean, you've got you've got guys like uh, uh, Paul Pelletier uh, and uh, uh, Barry Kitson and uh, Jamie McKelvey who are very realistic looking or at least very comic book realistic looking. And then on the other end of that, you've got Leno Yu, you've got Mike Del Mundo here, very stylized stuff. And I mean, that's part of what attracts me to Marvel Comics is just seeing who's on fire and who's who's got new stuff coming out and just seeing all these different styles of art. Uh, that's part of the fun for me. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I just got a late-breaking uh, news bulletin. Uh, my wife is pointing to a picture inside the cloisters. I can't really see what, what she's pointing to, but there's definitely a reading room in there that looks very similar to what they showed. So color me wrong. I don't know if that window that we see there actually see, looks it, – it, it, there's, there's probably no physical way for it to point – to the city the way it does, but the room does look good. It's one of those rooms that you probably don't have access to when you're just going to the museum, which is why I'm still right because I've never been there. It all comes and back being to right is right. important. Yeah, being, it's, it's, being right is important. That's how I. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's so right. I'm on your side here. You're right, Chris. Um, all right, on to Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Number 27. I love this series so much. Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. David Marquez drew the expletive out of it. And <laughs> it's uh, it's Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Bombshell, Cloak and Dagger versus Taskmaster. It doesn't It's not all like that throughout the whole issue. But man, this is a terrific uh, story. There's just... Crazy action. I really love Taskmaster in this because he is no joke. Uh, They take what you sort of know about Taskmaster in the Marvel Universe and they twist it around a whole bunch and do some cool things and do the ultimate version of them. And it's so cool. I really, really like where they went with this story and to see where that crew, this like, it's almost like their own young Avengers type super team in the Ultimate Universe with Cloak, Dagger, Bombshell, Spider-Man, and Spider-Woman. This is just, it's incredible. It's really, really fun stuff. Yeah, I I actually got the feeling of, and and this is sort of going back to uh, the, uh, I got the feeling of the, 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 in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon where it's Power Man, Iron Fist, Nova, Spider-Man, and White Tiger. I got that sort of feel at the end of this uh, reading this book, which is weird because I just said I don't uh, watch the cartoon, but I am aware of those five, so uh, I uh, corrected myself. <laughs> awesome, Stromy. It all goes read back the... to meeting, right? Yeah, you're 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 still right, Stromy. Right. Did you read this while we were talking? I am still ten issues behind on Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, you're killing me there. You know what's funny? I actually I missed the. I guess the big story was uh, his wife doing the jar his mom doing the job. Um, I didn't <laughs> catch that issue. And uh, so the last couple of issues, uh, yeah, doing the job is wrestling vernacular. It just means she died. Thank so you. anyway, you're okay. welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, the last couple of issues that I've read with him sort of deciding to put the, the Spider-Man uh, suit back on back in the thick of it has been very interesting. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait for, uh, the Marvel unlimited to catch up so I can read how this all, transpired but um 
you know, Brian Michael Bendis, Dave Marquez, these guys have been doing this this series for a while now, I'm pretty sure. Am I right? I know Bendis did everything, but I mean Dave Marquez has been drawing it for a while. Yeah, he's and, been on uh, a couple months now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's it's really outstanding stuff. And if you're somebody that follows Sarah Pacelli, uh, I think Dave Marquez is really good at it. Oh yeah, Dave Marquez is like, oh, that guy is going to be on. You know, I mean, this is one of our biggest books, but he's going to be like, I I want to see him drawing an event really soon. All right, Strom, have you read any of the the next three books aside from Wolverine and the X Men? No. All right. So up next is Uncanny <laughs> Avengers number 12, written by Rick Remender with art by Salvador LaRocca. And uh, there's, as is the case with all Uncanny Avengers issues, it's jam-packed full of all kinds of things that are made to make you feel bad about your favorite characters. They uh, all suffer in wonderful ways, and I love what Rick does to just really mess with everything. You get a look at... Um, this different future with Red Skull running the uh, mutant internment camps um, where you still get to see that jerk Ahab from Days of Future Past? Present. No. Present. Present. Days present. of Future Present. Yeah, Days of Future Present, um, which was a cool story across the annuals in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, you get to see a good bit of origin for the Apocalypse Twins. You get to see... Um, how the characters are, are making their decisions to do what they're going to do. More of the Four Horsemen of Death just running roughshod over our Avengers team. Um, some interesting stuff between Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch. Lots of Wonder Man this week. It's a good good time if you're a Simon Williams fan. Simon Williams, the character, not the podcast listener and commenter. Uh, really cool Kang stuff. And I like... I, I do like seeing Kang get totally punked every once in a while. Like, Seeing him go, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, this this whole saga that Rick Remender has been writing, um, you know, with the 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 Apocalypse Twins and the new Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and and just the whole time travel of it all. Uh, wow, it's hard to hold on. It's hard to get a grip on this, but I've really been enjoying it, and I really enjoyed uh, even like a, a couple issues back where he actually. Uh, the first introduction of of Banshee and Dokken and and uh, Grim Reaper and um, oh, who was the fourth one? Who was the fourth one? Uh, yeah, it's Sentry. Uh, introducing those four guys as the new Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I thought was was a masterstroke. Just brilliant stuff, man. And uh, I've really been enjoying this. But it, it, this is another one, sort of like Jonathan Hickman, where it's not light reading, man. You have to go back and and sort of, oh, I miss this, and it, it's fun to sort of go back and, oh, oh, I got that now. That that ties back into five issues ago. And that also is part of the fun of of. Of, of reading this series right now. Yeah, totally. Um, Stromy, you're up. Yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men. I don't know if you listeners <laughs> have been able to figure this out yet, but I don't get a chance to read a lot of these <laughs> books on a weekly basis uh, because I am so busy with all the uh, movies, TV, and game stuff. However, Wolverine and the X-Men and the X-Books are some of the series, along with all of Hickman's Avengers uh, and some other stuff that I always keep up on. And that's because I just really love it. I love the characters. I love the series. I'm loving Battle of the Atom. And in this, which is the midway point of Battle of the Atom, the big crossover going on right now, you get 
a great battle between future Jean Grey, who is going by Zorn, with the Stepford Cuckoos, Emma Frost, and young Jean Grey. That is a really great sort of psychic battlefield that's really well visualized by Giuseppe Camicoli. Uh, and of course, I should also mention Jason Aaron wrote it. And if you are a Deadpool fan and you don't normally pick up the X-Books for some reason, pick up this issue because this has a truly great Deadpool moment towards the end as Deadpool is one of the members of the future X-Men. And yeah, I won't say anything more than that, but it was maybe one of my favorite Deadpool moments and, yeah, you also get a great cliffhanger on this in which you find out that maybe some of the stuff you thought you knew in the first five parts of this story isn't exactly right. And maybe some characters have been lying about some stuff, but you have to check it out to see it all. Yeah, and um, I think uh, it's you know stuff has gone to hell when magic could possibly be the voice of reason and sanity <laughs> and uh, the path to fixing things because she's all kinds of messed up. Uh, there's a really, the last page of the issue is one of my favorites for Battle of the Atom so far. It's one of those big moments that people are going to be pouring over and like picking out. And um, I can't wait to see that what people think about that last page. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing about uh, even a year and a half ago when I would do interviews talking about the Marvel Now stuff, um, one of the things that I always said about all new X-Men was it felt like it was a concept that had an expiration date in the sense that you knew that this couldn't go on forever. There had to be a point where either the X-Men went back or stuff got changed to the point where it didn't matter if they went back. And it feels like uh, they're setting us up to think that this could be the end of that series, or at least this part of the story where the the, the X Men came from the past to the present. And I, it's interesting to see if this is going to be an ending or if this is just a big swerve. But so far, this the, the whole Battle of the Atom has been really good stuff. Um, an extra half a star for the Art Adams covers, which have been great. Uh, that guy doesn't do enough art. Uh, I wish he would do more stuff, but, um, you know, who am I to ask such silly things? Um, I also dug the, uh, the conversation with the, the two versions of the beast. Uh, I thought that was a pretty neat little segment of this story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Last book of the week is Young Avengers number 10 written by Kieran Gillen with art by Jamie McKelvey and Mike Norton and uh, some really cool stuff in here a lot of Trixie bits from Loki a lot of Trixie bits actually Trixie bits from Leia some really cool uh, movement for Mother the the evil twisted I don't know trans-dimensional mm, uh, antagonist thing yeah. Yeah. yeah creepy going on there uh we get some uh appearances for some really cool characters who we haven't seen a lot um if you've read the marvel boy series by grant morrison you'll recognize some stuff in here uh if you've read uh what was the book with america chavez miss america chavez um, oh uh vengeance vengeance which was really good um you get to see some stuff in here and really cool things i mean this is we love this book this is this is really cool i 
it's it's clever and it's cool and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, the art's really good. Uh, Jamie McKelvey is, is one of the guys that I, I mentioned earlier about the, having a really good, uh, realistic comic book style, and I'm I'm really digging the the stuff that that uh, he or she. I, if I uh, Jamie could be either way. I don't know. I've never met Mr. or Mrs. McKelvey. I'm going to say guy. He's a guy. He's a skinny, okay. So Jamie, uh, young <laughs> British man. Ah, well, he does great work, and um, I'm I'm really I'm really digging the mystery of these characters that have been put out. First of all, uh, the, uh, um, the crap, what are they not, not us agent, but what the, what are they calling him? Um, the captain America, the, um, the, the, uh, the youngster there with the tattoos. No, no, no. The, the, um, ah. Oh, Patriot. Patriot, thank you. God, yeah. I couldn't think of that. But yeah, like like the the deal with Patriot, and then um, trying to figure out what's going on with this Leah character. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of irons in the fire with this with this book, and um, I thought this was a really good story focusing on Hulking and um, you know his reaction to uh, you know what's going on between him and Wiccan, and um, it's it's it, it seems like it's almost a like a. A, a trip through a side door to just see what's going on with Hulkling, but uh, the end result that that, that last uh, scene is uh, is good stuff, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, time to pick our twims of the week, our favorite books from this week. I'll go first. Mine is, I think it's going to be Infinity Heist number one. I'm going with that one. Chris, what do you got? Um, I, I think the first one that comes to my mind is Trial of the Punisher. Uh, but I'm also going to say uh, Wolverine and the X-Men because you said twins, uh, so I'm going to go with two. Uh, just because, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, this the spot with Deadpool and and all the all the stuff going on with Battle of the Atom. I'm I'm really digging the story. I'm really digging how this is all going down with all of the different characters from the past, present, and future. And um, going back to Trial of the Punisher, just these neat little standalone stories, these miniseries that Marvel has gotten in the habit of doing, uh, always little, good little surprises that you don't think are coming in a month or two. Um, I, I'm always surprised picking these things up and surprised in a good way. Awesome. Strami? Uh, the four books you read? I read at least five. <laughs> uh, I would have to say Wolverine and the X-Men as well, just because of how much I am enjoying uh, this crossover and all of the really great character moments that Jason Aaron was able to give us between young Gene and Deadpool and everyone else. It's, I don't know. I really loved it. Awesome. All right. Uh, Chris, you're going to stick around while we, we go through some of the rest of the podcast. I can hang loose. I have no problem. I got nowhere to go. My awesome. son is uh, running around doing something. So as long <laughs> as he's not robbing a bank, I'm fine. Excellent. Let's hope he's not robbing a bank. Uh, we've got collections on sale this week, which include Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, Last Shots, Trade Paperback, Marvel Masterworks, Atlas Era, Tales to Astonish, Trade Paperback, which is going to be awesome, really cool old monster stuff, uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Digest, Volume 4, Spider-Man 2099, Volume 2, which is, uh, I know many of the listeners have been awaiting more from that, uh, Ultimate Comics, Divided We Fall, United We Stand, Trade Paperback, which is 
like 80 pounds. It's super thick. Lots of comics in that guy. And then my favorite uh, collection this week, Young Marvel, Little X-Men, Little Avengers, Big Trouble trade paperback, which includes the um, the AVX Babies issue, whatever that was called, plus a bunch of um, old X-Baby stories and really cool, cute, you really cool, cute little kid stories that we've done, plus uh, all the covers that Scotty Young did, the the Young variants or the Baby variants. Um, It's a great collection. Really, really fun. Uh, On top of that, we got plenty of stuff for you digitally this week on the Marvel app. Everything we've talked about for single issues, as well as Wolverine Japan's Most Wanted, Infinite Comic number 12. Chris, you've been reading the Infinite Comics, right? Yeah, 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 I have, man. And I think that's a really cool thing that Marvel has been doing. Uh, the first ones I saw were when you guys were doing the Avengers vs. X-Men, the Infinite Comics, and then um, the Infinite Comics for Guardians of the Galaxy. This one, the standalone stuff with the Wolverine is really big in the art. Uh, and it's it's a neat little uh, use of the technology, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's really fun stuff. Um, and I think, you know, as more creators work in that style there's going to be some really fun stuff we see um also on the marvel app this week we've got classic x-men number 32 33 and 36 deadpool games of death as well as deadpool suicide kings one through five then a bunch of fear itself limited series fear itself the deep fear itself the home front fear itself wolverine and fear itself youth in revolt all those are now on the marvel app Digital collections this week include Avengers vs. X-Men vs. Captain America by Ed Brubaker, Volume 4, Punisher Kills the... Nope, it's Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, Hawkeye, Volume 2, Little Hits, Spider-Man Dying Wish, and Uncanny X-Men, The Birth of Generation Hope. Lots of really good stuff there. And then on Marvel Unlimited, it looks like it's a lighter week, at least what I saw uh, listed... Today, and that includes Age of Ultron number three, Fantastic Four number five, Extermination number one, Nova number two, Savage Wolverine number three, New Avengers number four, and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 21, all from their current runs. Um, So if there are more, check out the Marvel uh, Unlimited app or site for information. Uh, Strami, we're going to kick it over to you for stuff available this week. I'm not used to to throwing to you while you're about to talk. I know. Now you're going to have to actually listen to me while I do these bits as well. And you can't record secret bits for Blake to listen to and make him crack up. That is, that is true. I do like to record little weird messages for him that only he and I would find funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what's available this week and what's on TV this week, of course, what's on TV this week is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which just ended for you, Ryan, on the East Coast and is about to start in about 30 minutes for me on the West Coast. Um, of course, this is the big live-action TV series we've all been waiting for, uh, created by Joss Whedon, who, of course, you know, directed Marvel's The Avengers, along with uh, Jed Whedon and Marissa Tantarone, and starring Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson. I, I don't know. Do I really need to do, like, this summary recap here? I'm pretty sure everyone knows what Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. But we have 
new episode this week, new episode next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central on ABC. Uh, if you're listening to this when this podcast goes live, of course, you've already seen the pilot. Next week, we get a great episode in which we uh, already start to get a sense of the international flavor that this show will have. Um, some great, a great, a really great teaser for the episode. And for those that know, the teaser is what uh, the writers on TV show refer to as the part that comes before either the theme song or the title. So it's like that usual, like two minute, one to two minute thing at the very front of the episode. Really great teaser for that one that ends in a place where you're like, holy crap, how did that happen? And why is that happening? And then it goes back a bit, and you get to find out why. Um, but yeah, that's on. Of course, we still have new episodes in Marvel Universe on Disney XD, as always. This week, we have a new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, which features hulked-out heroes in which the Red Skull returns we haven't really seen him in action since the pilot to the series he comes back he transforms our heroes into essentially hulk versions of themselves and as you can imagine a lot of smashing and chaos ensues that kicks off the marvel universe block this week at 11 a.m eastern time uh, on disney xd and that is followed up by an all-new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, which guest stars Captain America and Wolverine this week in an episode titled Game Over that has a bunch of really fun uh, gamer references that if you're an old-school gamer at all, I think you will appreciate. And of course, every time Wolverine shows up in this series, I always love it because... There's something about the interplay between the crotchety, cranky, older Wolverine and the uh, younger, won't shut his mouth no matter what, Pierre Parker in this series. That goes really well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Disney XD. Also, available this week is Marvel's Iron Man 3 on Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, DVD, uh, standard definition digital download, high definition digital download, basically however you want it, you can get it. This comes packed with a bunch of Can I get it on VHS? You can't get it on VHS. They so I want it on VHS. I can't get can it, I on get it on beta? Can, can, can I get it on beta? Can I get it on beta? They, they, you can't beta. Get it. They, they don't make VHSs anymore. Ryan. And actually, some no. it's like the cassette tape. It's it's retro and it's cool, and you want to get your VHS. That's it's true. All right, I I'm, I'm looking for a laser disc. Is there a laser disc I can get? I always wanted get... a laser disc player. I don't know why. It seems so ostentatious. <laughs> it's like the largest DVD you've ever seen. <laughs> uh but yes. Iron Man 3, finally available on Blu-ray, DVD, etc., etc. Tons of special features on this. Of course, the special features vary depending on which edition you're getting. 
but many of them come with the new Marvel one-shot, Peggy Carter, which is great, stars Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. I've talked about it a bunch before on this podcast. Uh, I love it. I know Ryan loves it. It's a really fantastic short, and to me, it's worth the price of admission alone. And then you get the great bonus of having Iron Man 3 as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, That's a lot. It. You got a busy week. Yeah. All right. Time for news. And normally I would kick it off to Ben, who would go first, but he ain't here, and I think we're going to skip most of his comic news because. Neither one of us deals with all his crazy insanity all the time. So I just I just got an email from Ben. He just found the Holy Grail. So hopefully he'll be oh. coming back soon. Well, well him and his Irish father, his Scottish Irish father, the <laughs> uh, Holy Grail. Uh, well, good for Ben. I'm so happy for the kid. All right, uh, Stromy talked about Agents of Shield. It was super fun. Had a blast uh, tweeting about it live. I got a note from Jeff Loeb uh, saying that he liked my uh, he he liked my posts, but had to correct me on something. Uh, I guess at some point I said that the plane was a set, but it's actually real, and that's just my ignorance about the phrasing of things because I know it was real. Stromy and I were in the bus, and it was a whole big real thing, but. I just call it a set because it was – I don't – because I don't know not to call it a set. Um, but anyway, yes, the bus is real. And um, yeah. But I also want to say that um, my upcoming appearance on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still yet to be shot. Uh, I'm waiting to hear from Joss Whedon about when he exactly wants me there. Um, Joss, uh, you may have missed my phone number or my email. Uh, I'll be sending that to you post-haste. Yeah, I will, I will help pass that along. Maybe. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, also, this week, we've got Thor tickets on sale now. You can get your tickets on the Fandango. There's also a great um, contest for residents in 49 out of 50 states to get Thor tickets and get a chance to go to the L.A. premiere for Thor The Dark World. So that's really cool. You can find links all over the place on Marvel Social and Marvel.com. Uh, Stromy already talked about Iron Man 3. Really, really do love Agent Carter. I'm waiting on my Iron Man 3 Blu-ray to be sent uh, to me. Hopefully I will get it soon because I want to watch the hell out of that again. Uh, the one bit of uh, comic news that I have here is some all-new Marvel Now teasers that we're, we're putting out on Marvel.com. I don't want to say what they are just in case something goes wrong and they don't go live, but if they've gone live, we've got some really cool stuff. You can check all that out in the uh, comic section. And uh, we're gearing up for New York Comic Con, which is in two weeks, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun stuff. Blake is booking all kinds of fun things. He's got the cast of Archer, uh, the cast of The League. Um, he's got a whole bunch of people. He was Chris, he was actually on the phone with some Impact Wrestling um, PR person today. I guess he was trying to set up to see if any of uh, you guys were going to be at the show. Yeah, you know what? I tried to uh, get involved with the New York Comic Con the same way I was with San Diego to try and uh, hook up with Spike and be a part of Spike's presence. And it turns out that Spike TV is not having a presence at uh, the New York Comic Con. Apparently, they're not sure 
this is going to catch on. I'm not sure if they, they think that it's going to die out soon, and so why why bother? I'm not sure the reason. So unfortunately, uh, at this point, Christopher Daniels, uh, your favorite Impact wrestler, is not scheduled to be at New York Comic Con. But because uh, I follow my whims the way the wind blows, uh, it's very possible that I will make up a reason to be there. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that I love Marvel and everything they do is pretty cool. Uh, and me being a, a huge star of wrestling and comic books, um, I should be there. So uh, we'll see. I, I guess wait and see is, is is the moral of that particular story. Excellent. Well, you know you have a home to hang out at, uh, at New York Comic Con if you do show up. Ah, delightful. Um, I think that's all I got. Mark, what do you got for news? Oh, we got... Plenty of stuff. Um, where start? We'll start in order that I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, in Marvel Avengers Alliance, we have a new spec op going on right now, it, which ties into Infinity, which I've already talked about how much I love that. But now it's carried over into Avengers Alliance, which I also love. So it's like something I really love getting together with something I really, really love and having a little baby that I like really, really, really love or something. Not so, awkward at all. Not awkward at all. <laughs> nope. It's only awkward if you so, let it be awkward, Trump. So, so now you can get Black Bolt as the newest reward hero for this spec up. You face off against Thanos and his entire Black Order. If you collect the Inhuman lockboxes, you can earn a mysterious new character called Thane uh, as part of your team. Who is Thane? You have to read Infinity to find out, but he will be a major player in that series. Um... We have a ton of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, as you would probably imagine. Kicking things off, we showed the first episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Declassified, which will be a new weekly web series. Every week, we have a new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The Monday before, we will have a new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Declassified. And this is hosted by Brett Ehrlich. And it will feature a ton of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, guest appearances from the cast, recaps of previous week's episodes, previews of what is coming up, tons of other surprises. So you can catch it every week on Marvel.com. Also, every week on Marvel.com, we will be exclusively debuting a new logline or a new synopsis for an upcoming episode of the series. This past week, we revealed the logline for episode three of the first season entitled The Asset, which features a character named Dr. Franklin Hall, who has some history in the Marvel Universe. Um, can't really say much more than that. And, yeah, it just talks about how the Colson's team have to go and rescue Dr. Hall. Um, we have two new previews for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. currently up on Marvel.com and our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Marvel. One aired on Monday Night Countdown this past Monday. The second debuted on Marvel.com and our YouTube channel uh, this past... Well, actually, I'll be 
debuting it in about an hour and a half. So it, uh, it's maybe uh, if you read your email, you may or may not be debuting it in an hour and a half. Oh, interesting. Dun, dun, maybe, uh, I should read, maybe I should read my email. Yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, you can check those out or at least one of them on marvel.com and youtube.com slash marvel, like I said, and get a new look at some of the, uh, some new footage from what is coming up in the series. Um, uh, Did you just? Did your brain just break? No. What happened? No, I'm sorry. I read my email, and that was about something else. That was about something else, Ryan. Oh my god! I can't keep up. Oh god. Yeah. This is you're seeing it live. There's so much, you guys. Seriously, Um, there's so much. We had a bunch of original videos, original interviews that we shot at the ABC Upfronts this past summer. Lauren Sink, host of The Watcher, sat down with uh, all the produ- all the executive producers of, or actually I should say four of the five executive producers on the series, as well as Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson, and Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Agent Gemma Simmons, to talk about the series. Uh, and she also spoke with, like I said, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, Jed Whedon and Marissa Tantarone, as well as Jeffrey Bell, who is another executive producer, showrunner, and writer on the series. Uh, speaking of Jed and Marissa, I also got to speak with them for this week's episode of This Week in Marvel. Well, the mini episode of This Week in Marvel, episode 99.5. Uh, is a really great conversation I had with them. I got to sort of talk about the origins of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., got to talk about some of the stuff that's coming up, what the processes they go through for writing it, and I also got to learn more about their origins as writers and how they got started writing together and how they work together. Um yeah, so you can listen to that, download that right now on Marvel.com. That pretty much covers everything I have this week. Yeah, until we go to work tomorrow and we get 12 new things that we have to do. But that's yep. okay. That's the good stuff. Yep. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, over to see Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe really soon. But I just want to say thank you to both of you guys for taking time out of your evenings and all the stuff that you're doing to hang out and record this for a while. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, I really appreciate uh, you making me part of your stunt casting. Uh, I hope to be back in time for sweeps. Uh, Hopefully my character doesn't die in the next podcast. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'll tell you now, uh, Ryan, I probably won't surprise you by asking for the codes for the very books that you sent me in PDFs just because I'm anal and I need all of them on my iPad for keepsies. Um, so don't let that be a surprise when you get that email tomorrow. But thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. And anytime you want me back, um, I'm happy to do it. That's awesome. Thank you, Chris. And I expect nothing less. Uh, we'll get those codes to you early on tomorrow. Strami, thank you. You're a, thank you, sir. You're a pleasure. You're a delight. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm something. 
<laughs> You're definitely something. You're many things. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. All right, back. It uh, feels like I was just doing this podcast five minutes ago, but it was 12 hours ago. And now I am joined by two gentlemen who are um, wonderful and super happy and full of cupcakes. Cupcake! I, like, I like to butter them up before I do silly stuff with them. Uh, we've got Nick Lowe and Tom Brevoort. Hello! It took us 12 hours to get here. Yeah, it was tough. It was a journey and a half. And it's just in my office, so really there's no excuse on my part. Tom and I alternated carrying each other <laughs> on this journey. I wish we could video yeah. that. It would have been beautiful. Yeah. yeah me, me carrying Nick went a little, little smoother than the other way around. I've been working out, Tom. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think beside, aside from Ben, or from my team, you guys are the This Week in Marvel All-Stars. You've been on the show more times than anyone else. So uh, proud. Whether it's breaking in in the middle of it, knocking stuff over, or being a guest proper. It's all about not doing actual, genuine work that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean... That's the heart of the appeal of the Marvel podcast for us. Yeah, let's get away from doing uh, actual things. Uh, but right now we are into questions and comments. Got a bunch in, and uh, I thought it would be fun to have you guys on. So first up, we've got one patriot who says, Are Infinity Heist and Infinity the Hunt... One-off comics, or are they going to be full series? Uh, if both Infinity Heist and Infinity the Hunt are four-issue limited series, so they will be full comics. Even as single issues, they would have been full comics. But in this case, <laughs> there'll be like four full comics that will come out serially with perhaps a couple of weeks in between each installment so as to space out the excitement that I, is I can tell being a fun of something the guy didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask for their full comics. He asked their full series or one-shots. Tom's just mocking the guy. Uh, this is the tone. <laughs> I said it right away. Oh, boy. Uh, actually, yeah. the uh, the heist was my pick of the week for this podcast. There you go. My favorite oh, uh, issue. Uh, Frank Terry thanks you. Yeah, he did. It was very sweet on Twitter. It took me back. I was uh. like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he sent you, a, he sent you a, a horse head, yeah. but it was wrapped with a ribbon, Aww. so it was very nice. Yeah, he was thinking of that. <laughs> um, Alan John Wilkinson tweets, uh, I wish to add my congratulations. Well done, chaps. Hashtag too British. Uh, yes. Yeah. Too British. Yeah, so five twim demerits for being too British, Alan. Mm -hmm. uh, Al John Go tweeted us a picture, which I didn't uh, replicate on this sheet. It's, he's on the set of Gibson's Three Guys and Guitars. We need to get you guys on the set of Three Guys and Guitars. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I, it sounds awesome. Yeah, you like to play music. I play some guitars. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Right. And I know Three Guys, so... <laughs> That's a party. We're ready. <laughs> uh, Carlo M. tweets, Happy 100th issue for This Week in Marvel. I want to thank you guys for bringing me back in the comics. And if I can single out one thing, uh, it didn't post, so I don't know what that one thing is. That's a mystery. That's a wonderful mystery. You can't, you can't limit it to just one thing. There's yeah. so many. Carlo, hopefully. All of the memories. Put the montage in here of, yeah. of all the old episodes, just all the best moments. We'll fill this space here with a montage that you know, Blake can cut it together and put it in here, and then we'll have done that, and then we'll go, ah, oh, all the memories. <laughs> all the memories. Uh, Christopher Short tweets, 
Can you explain Superior Carnage? Is he the same Cletus Cassidy we've always known just hypnotized by the wizard? Now, you guys are cracking up, but these are the questions we get. Can you really? explain Superior Carnage? Well, uh, when an editor and a writer really like each other, uh, they call an artist. And when one of our comics and our sales department really like each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Carnage, people love the Carnage. Uh, Kevin Schick did an awesome job on his previous Carnage thing, so that's at least the explanation of why the comic exists. But as far as the, is he see the same Cletus Cassidy we've always known, just hypnotized by the wizard, he's the same Cletus Cassidy. Well, having read the issue freshly in the last couple days, the most recent issue, Cletus has been lobotomized. So he is, but he isn't, and then... There's some hoo-ha with uh, this doctor and all kinds of stuff. I think that the trick here is that the story is not over. That there are still subsequent issues of Superior Carnage left, which will drop with weeks in between so as to create a series. They will be full comics. <laughs> they will be full comics, and by you the time... will be missing pages. You get to the end, uh, the, the, uh, the truth about what's going on with Cletus Cassidy and... Uh, how in his right mind or in his mind he might still yet be, will be told. You guys are this punchy on a Wednesday early afternoon. I can't <laughs> wait to see you Friday evening. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Chris says, which Marvel character would you want to be friends with? Tom? I'll go first. Yeah. I'm Nick. Tony Stark, absolutely. <laughs> Lots of fun, super rich. You'd have great times. You'd have great times. And maybe he'd let you fly in an Iron Man suit. I've never flown Prob in an Iron probably Man Probably won't, but, you know. He might. He is really reckless. <laughs> Quite often. That is true. <laughs> See, I think it would be the Hulk, because he's so so much more calm and relaxed than I am. <laughs> he'd kind of create a sense of zen. Always about you, Brie In Moore. the office. Yes. Always about you. He it's asked me about me, so uh, I answered the question about barf. myself. <laughs> I'm going to go with The Thing, because I think he'd just be a good guy to hang out mm -hmm. with, and he's a, a good he's a good friend. Yep. Um, what else we got? I would have said Nightcrawler, but he's not alive. Yeah. Yet. Right. We could make that happen, Nick. It's possible. We could make that happen. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, oh, now I just got that. <laughs> Slow. Chris says, if you could teleport one hero into reality, who would it be? Nightcrawler. Boom. <laughs> we pre-answered. <laughs> Um, Alright, so another one for Chris. He says, marry, kill, and open a sandwich shop with three characters. Who is it? You're very focused on these deep feelings yeah, we have for characters. But also, isn't the whole way you play it, because I've never heard of marry, kill, and open a sandwich shop, but there are other games where you have like... The I, I think he's trying to be a little bit more PG. Yeah, yeah. which I like, uh, but don't you, doesn't he have to give us the characters that we then have, we then yes, have to choose yes. it? Yeah, also, I'm confused yeah. because there's no guitars or guys here. <laughs> yeah, those three guys. Those three guys yeah. with the guitars, I think. Well, if you had one Marvel character to marry, one to kill, and one to open a sandwich shop with. Picking out of our small group of 8,000. <laughs> yeah. I would marry Kitty Pride. Of course you would. I would. She is adorable. Uh, I would... Kill Nightcrawler? No, I've already done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kill's not really Kill a good is, one for us yeah. because anybody that I would put here... Wait! Probably Tom Breedward is now a fictional character. <laughs> I'd kill Tom Breedward <laughs> and I'd open a sandwich shop 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, now I'm gonna kill Kitty Pride just because. <laughs> you killed my wife. <laughs> uh, and I <laughs> and I'd open the sandwich shop. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, with Doctor Strange, because he can make whatever kind of food I want. Nice. That's good. Pretty good. That's good. Excellent. Well done. Uh, Chris says, listening to this week in Marvel episode 99 on the way to work, a fantastic double whammy of Ben J. Morse and Tom Brevoort this week. See, there was no Nick Lowe getting in the way to yeah. slow <laughs> the proceedings down. We just went straight to the meat. Uh, <laughs> you should talk about going straight to the meat. Uh, <laughs> Chris says, I know you said you'd get all sorts of people uh, would tweet about this, but I really do prefer Peter Parker married. Do you still get stuff about that? Uh, do we still get stuff about yeah, that? Yeah, on occasion. The, the, the clamor has died down as we sort of figured that it would over the course of whatever the four or five years that it's been uh, since that story. But there are still people out there. You'll see them at conventions or they'll write in or you'll see them tweet from time to time. That'll have been said. Even those people, for the most part, are reading Spidey. Uh, you know, and are sort of resigned at least to the fact that he is not married right now, uh, and now they're all angry that it's Doc Ock in, in Pete's brain. So nobody's really talking about this anymore. We've successfully shifted the conversation <laughs> to being about uh, bespeckled, bowl-cutted scientists <laughs> rather than hot, red-headed supermodels. Which you know, everyone prefers that anyway, of right? Of course, Naturally. there you go. Uh, last one from Chris. He says, "Congratulations on episode 100. I feel like I'm part of it, and it is great." Gamanti- Gamamantium tweets, "Happy right. 100, guys! I've been listening for a few months and look forward to every episode. 300 more. That's that's an order. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, that's only six more years, right? 50. I, uh, yeah, about six I more can't years. Do math. Yeah." Uh, <laughs> Bunch from Gay Comic Guy. Uh, I think I put most of his pictures in there. He says, Marjorie Lou captures the X-Men spirit perfectly. That's what the X-Men are, a place to belong. She's been doing a great job. Agreed. Astonishing. Marjorie Lou is awesome. And that arc, in particular, those a couple issues in particular with the, the X-Men belong, uh, it was wonderful. Yeah. The little, yeah, it's great. The alien thing, which I thought at first looked like uh, Shuma Garoth, but I was like, oh, it's just some cool, <laughs> weird alien. It's great. Um, Shuma Garoth making an appearance in another Marvel comic this coming week. Yeah? Yes. Wow. Big double page spread and everything. That's awesome. I love Dude's that guy. like a big eyeball with tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of video gamers who think he's one of our biggest characters. Yeah, because he was in Marvel that, that, Capcom yeah, that Marvel fighting game all those years ago. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's, it's wonderful. He's, uh, maybe I'll have him join the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Everybody can join the X-Men. I actually have a Shuma Garoth Everyone belongs. Yes. Everyone belongs. Very nice, Nick. Except for Tom Brevoort. He's not allowed. <laughs> uh, Gay Comic Guy says, got my cool Marvel Unlimited Plus box of goodies. Limited edition Ultron figure and comic. Here they are. He nice. sent the photo. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, he says, I can't read the Spider-Man family of books now without thinking Spider-Taint. What? Uh, so I'll, I'll give you guys some context. We were talking about the Spider-Man books a couple weeks back on the podcast, and I was saying, the Spider-Man pose is like leaping, and, and he's just... You know, legs spread, and it's like, whoa, there's the spider team. <laughs> and he, we had like five comics in front of us, and it was like splash page, cover, you know, like little thing. It was Stegman <laughs> loves drawing the spider team. Believe me. Please. Yes. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is making Nick wonderfully making uncomfortable. Making the X-Men editor very uncomfortable <laughs> here. Uh, let's see. Gay Comic Guy says, never read the Alias books. Do you recommend it? 
Only if you're uh, 18 or over. <laughs> Only yes. if you're a mature reader. But ab- if you're a mature reader, absolutely. Yeah, they a- are terrific. They're terrific. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene in particular I often think about where uh, Jessica Jones is in a convenience store when it is getting robbed, and she has some of the most hilarious uh, thought captions that in any comic you'll ever read. Boom. Next! Ooh. Yes. Take care of business. <laughs> um, he says, I love that this week at Marvel's introduced me to the cool folks at Horizon Labs. Horizon Labs, a group of our listeners who banded together, adopted that name, and have like Facebook groups and chats and all kinds of fun stuff. It's really neat. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he said, You're bringing people together. Here. It is. It's wonderful. Gay Comic Guy says, I listened to This Week in Marvel for the Blake Garris lunch updates, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what that is, and I don't want any more of it. Oh, no. he was on the show last week, I think. But we did have cupcakes before starting this uh, broadcast, so. Yeah. And we didn't let Blake have any. Yeah, no, take no, that. No, we did well, not. Blake is at a YouTube conference right now eating free sandwiches, so he's got Nachos, us. Nachos, apparently. Yeah. Uh, more from Gay Comic Guy. He says, love that the Dark Phoenix Saga is our unlimited reading uh, club selection for next week. Such a classic and important X-Men story. That's a good story. It's yeah. no Battle of the Atom, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It'll do. That's a good story. Uh, sure is. It's back it's... when the X-Men had, well, we won't. <laughs> Skilled and... We will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They loused that story up, but it still came out good. <laughs> uh, uh, Gay Comic Guy says, I have Scotty Young's Fantastic Galactus art as his iPhone home screen. I can imagine a lot of people have Scotty's art on, you know, yeah. on their phone. It is, it is super popular. Yeah. People dig Scotty's uh, young so covers. Yeah. Um, uh, that's a repeat of that question. So then, but we can answer it again. We still recommend <laughs> the Alias books by Brian Bendis and Michael Gatos. They are fine comics for the mature reader in your life. <laughs> yes. No and by fine, he means euros. very well done, not like, eh, it's fine. He <laughs> <laughs> means very finely achieved artwork. Yes. Uh, and thank you to Gay Comic Book Guy for uh, explaining some stuff about This Week in Marvel to at Marvel Boy on Twitter. Hopefully uh, they listen to the show upcoming uh, next couple of episodes. Uh, Gunhild Skjold, who is our uh, listener from Norway. Yes! She's yeah. awesome. Uh, she says, comics finally arrived. Guardians of the Galaxy. Great name. Oh, yeah. That is a great name. Um, I can't remember the name of her town, but she has, the town has a great name. She's super excited about all things that we're doing. It's great. It's so cool. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Journey to Mystery, featuring Sif, Uncanny X-Men, and Superior Spider-Man. Good haul from Gunhild. She said, wow, reading comics in print again after reading a lot of digital comics feels really weird. It's mm. a lot heavier. It weighs <laughs> a lot more. Then... Than a computer or a tablet? Yes. You're mental. <laughs> uh, congrats. They make them thin now, Niclo. They make them thin. The microchips are getting smaller. Uh, Good says congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you. She also says, I was just thinking today that Black Bolt should show up in Avengers Alliance. And boom, there he is. Maybe I'm psychic. Maybe. Um, have you caught, we had talked about the, the Infinity Spec Op. Uh, before I went live, yep. did you get a lot of uh, noise from fans about it? Um, I saw a lot of noise out in the in the uh, internetosphere, um, including a couple of, of news stories. It's news. 
But you know what? It's news. So that got people paying attention to Avengers Alliance, which is cool. And it all got people paying more attention to Infinity, which is also cool. And many, many copies of the first issue will be given away to fans, which is great. Very excellent. Very excellent. Very big deal. Yeah. Uh, so Gunhild says Infinity Spec Up, though. So cool. A new lockbox hero, too. One I've never heard of. Who is that guy? That guy you will hear a lot more about soon. Yes, possibly in Infinity Four, in about a week. Yeah, Day, mere days from when you will be listening to this podcast, or in the past if you are going back <laughs> and, and catching up on episodes. You know everything about that <laughs> character now. We sound stupid. Yeah. Uh, Goodhill says I was going to go to bed early, uh, but it's Friday. I can stay up to play some Avengers Alliance. Very good. And she says, I don't think I talk enough about the fact that they mentioned my hometown in the Avengers. And we did, did we? We did. We mentioned it here. Did we? No, no you said you couldn't. Said. Yeah. I'm, I'm lost. I think it must be in an Avengers book where you that's mentioned it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. We'll have to find it. I don't know what, what town it is. Or so is I'm, it in the Avengers that's how close film? Attention, that's how close attention Tom pays. I pay lots of close attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or I can name every town in every X-Men comic I've edited <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, on to Haywood W he says Avengers 19 was his twim of the week betrayal and destruction moves infinity to another level that's a nice uh, I wish I'd had that for the solicit cop I could have just he could write, the, he could write yeah. that my previews for me. You got a new gig, Haywood. Here we go. Uh, Maury says, hoping to see more Smart Hulk and Bannerbot banter in the future. Great stuff by Mark Wade. It is so good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So good. I like the little twist at the end of the last issue. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. good. See where that yeah. goes. Um, Haywood says, Twin of the Week was tough to choose, but Superior Spider-Man 18 with Otto versus Miguel. Good fight. Very good. That, a lot of sp uh, spider taint in there. Uh, Haywood says, "Love how twice, Black twice the spider flag team. on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love how Black Bolt went. WWE Daniel Ryan, Daniel Bryan on Thanos. Yes, no. So for those of you who are not wrestling no fans, idea. yeah, the the WWE's biggest guy right now. He goes yes, yes, yes. Sometimes he goes no, 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 and he, a lot Black of Bolt shouting. No, no, no. Yes, Black Bolt did the no. One yeah. no, only one. one. All you needed. All I needed was one. Yeah. Uh, says you." Haywood says, we want Blake Garris to be comical with the Twitter questions and answers. Take that how you want to. I don't want to take it at all. <laughs> no. I try to avoid having Blake on the show as much as possible. Uh, and he says, congrats to Ryan, Ben, and Blake for 100 episodes, and rest in peace, Mike Waringo. Because uh, I guess you guys talked about the Unthinkable series yeah. last week. Yeah. And uh, you, you'll see some more comments about Ringo in here. Um, well, that's very nice. It's, it's good that, uh, that people remember him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It hasn't been that long, but you know, it's Still. been a while, and yeah. uh, you know, easy to, to forget about the, the greats that are no longer with us. Great. Jay Bandoy says, got any tips to defeat Tactician Thanos in Avengers Alliance? His energy one-shot is killer. Literally. Yes. Uh, the way I, I play it, because... And sorry, guys, this is going to go in ways that you have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Thanos brings in a support character, his lieutenant. He brings in Corvus Glaive to fight the battle with him. Nice. Uh, so he's tactician. Corvus, I think, is scrapper. I always go in with one uh, infiltrator and then one um, bruiser. I uh, use Juggernaut and Shadowcat. And usually one of them gets my, killed. I, my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bring in your wife. 
she does the duty, and uh, one of them usually gets killed. Usually, Nick's wife. You? Yeah, one of them always gets killed. Juggernaut opens a sandwich shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good for these days. And that's how you defeat them. Yeah, there it is. Oh, you give them a hoagie, <laughs> and then you just don't fight anymore. Excellent. J. Chris Wheeler says, Cable and X-Force is such a phenomenal book. Dune references bromance. Bromance? Mm-hmm. Bromance. It just doesn't get any like better it. than this book. Agreed. Dennis Hopeless, Salvador La Roca, and company. Uh, it is a fantastic book. Yeah, fantastic. I really like the end It is of the one of the two best X-Force books that we published, in fact. <laughs> Agreed. It's up there. Uh, I really like the end of the last issue where I just wanted Cable and Hope you know, back together, family unit, and it was nice. It was very sweet. Uh, it's good. A lot of beauty. Yeah. Jen Capelli says, congrats, guys. She'll be back. Jen, come back soon. Kyle Charles says, just gave blood. One day, I hope there is a mix-up and I get radioactive spider blood or the super soldier serum. I hope I hope that you don't go to a place to give blood and they, and they end up giving you someone else's blood. Yeah. That, that, that someone is really not doing their job. Like you're supposed to be giving blood, yeah, not you getting it. Should not be getting any of that stuff. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a little backwards all the way around, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle says finally finished Spider-Man: Edge of Time, the video game, and saw Agent M's name in the credits. So he told his brother that he knows that person. I suppose. There you go. Uh, yep. Uh, it's weird to see my name in credits for video games because I don't make the video games. <laughs> uh, Kyle says, not going to spoil anything, but the last page of Secret Avengers was awesome. He is back. He is back. Yeah. We, we said that he would be, and he is, and will be more back in more places in the weeks to come. Awesome. Unless you're listening to this in the past, in which case he's been back, and <laughs> he's been you're in sick of places. him, and you wish he'd go away, and maybe he will. Maybe he will. Possibly. Uh, future Jean Grey versus Emma Frost. This should be awesome. Uh, well, you know, it, it, we're recording this today on the day that Wolverine and the X-Men number 36 comes out. Think Crap gets real. It does. Crap gets real. Awesome last page. I feel kind of bad for the Cuckoos, because they're yeah. like in the middle of all this stuff, and they are so overpowered. Yeah. And it's like, oh, not ah girls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to separate that nuh-uh girls into something I can just like, press a button on my phone and have it say. They can make that happen. Right about nuh-uh girls. <laughs> Kyle says, oh, Otto, when, when will you ever learn? Ask questions, then punch later. He will never learn. He will never that learn. That rascal. Mm. Uh, Kyle says, Infinity just keeps getting better and better. The king has finally spoken. Well, glad you're, uh, glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Three more to go. Hopefully it will get better and better and better. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, last one from Kyle, he says, Where are the Guardians of the Galaxy during Infinity? They are in space, and yeah. you will see them by Infinity 6, and the two issues of Guardians that tie in, which are 8 and 9. Yeah. Francesco Francavilla on Artifice. Yes, yes, uh, yes, he is. Yes, awesome. he is. Um, Nolan J. Hitchcock says, Letting it be known, I want the comedy of Blake Garris on the podcast. The what is time. going? This is like the third time. This is as this. if he has a comedy style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you see, it's like down home. He, he'll do well, this on a podcast. He'll... I reckon, and then oh, <laughs> yeah, twirl his mustache, but they can't see it. It's great. Uh, Penelope Cat tweets: Roger Stern, Spidey, and Hotel Fred, who is um, uh, Roger Langridge. Roger Langridge uh, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, Muppets omnibuses. What's that? The excellent Roger Yes. Uh, his Muppets Omnibus is coming soon. My childhood is too heavy for me to lift. Are uh, we doing Omnibuses? Yes, yes we are. But the question is, which Omnibus 
will be heavier. Mm. Wait, are Spidey and Muppets? It's oh, two yeah. separate omnibuses. <laughs> that, well, I, I just think that's leaving leaving money on the table. Where's our Spidey and Muppets? Book? It, uh, it, yeah, that, that uh, you make a good point. You make I'm gonna call point. Walt Disney on the phone today. <laughs> and I'm gonna see what you can do about this. Hello, I admit. How are you? It's very cold in here. <laughs> Says Walt Disney. It is cryogenic chamber. Thanks, but I didn't do that. Uh, uh, Penelope Cat says, "Is anyone else out there having problems with Marvel Unlimited crashing with iOS 7? Every time I try to open it, it crashes. That has been fixed. Uh, we have the new iOS 7 version up, and I just tested it a little while ago, uh, as I just updated my." Those iPad. were the machinations of Ultron. Yes, he's <laughs> up to no good. I think the Jarvis app fixed it. He's been defeated, so it's all it's all fine now. Excellent. Uh, Penelope Cat's last question: Has anyone followed up on Cloak and Dagger? Since Spider Island, I call them and they have not returned my calls. But they are showing up in uh, Superior Spider-Man before too long. Fair enough. So, so there you go. There you go. And yeah. Ultimate Cloak and Dagger are doing some amazing things in Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It is a terrific story. That team needs a name. The the that squad of Bombshell, Cloak Dagger. Yeah. Then the Spider yep. Man Woman yep. team. Spider-Man woman. (laughs) (laughs) There's a character we have not introduced yet. Not yet. (laughs) Their ultimate Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I want them to say it. Uh, Brian will get there. (laughs) Uh, Raph AB tweets, Any Marvel project for Disneyland Paris? Something like Asgard Treasures or the Hall of Armors? Uh, Nothing... Uh I think it's uh, Batrox Battleland they're, uh, they're working on. So you say this, and some people are like, oh my god, scoop, scoop, scoop. They're, they're doing a Batrock attraction in Disneyland Paris. It only makes sense. The Leap Lounge. The Leap Lounge. <laughs> it's just like a, a restaurant full of trampolines. Someone would be like, well, Batrock's in the next Captain America movie. They're obviously elevating him. And it's, yeah. Have we said that? Up. Is he in there? Yeah, we have. Uh, we cast some. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard that. Yes, yes. What? Backtrack yeah. is a big part of Captain America the Winter Soldier. The film coming to theaters in April. 2014. That is insane. It's, it's pretty great. That's insane. I'll tell you about it. Uh, the shark has been jumped, perhaps. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. It's going to be great. No, no the shark. Gonna... When Backtrack <laughs> is the shark, the shark jumps you. Oh! <laughs> All right? That was really well played, Tom Greenwood. I don't like to compliment you, but I had to there. I'm trying to get back to this question. Uh, Raph, no. There are no plans that, uh, that we have any information on. If or when something like that happens, we'll talk about it on Marvel.com and social. And believe me, as someone who loves going to the theme parks, I will be all over that. Yeah, if, if something like that, like that was happening, lounge. they would clearly have to send us out there yes. to, uh, to report on lounge. it uh, appropriately. Exactly. A uh, bunch coming up from Robert Nolan. He says, in This Week in Marvel 98, didn't someone want to know if Reed had ever been scared? And uh, I think we did, maybe? Ringo. Yep. So that's a great scared read, too. Totally terrified. Yep, that's from the second to last page of, I'm going to say, Fantastic Four number. There's steam, or or there's smoke coming out of his ears. Oh, there's no. trying to peel back this onion. (laughs) It's just been, it's been a bunch of years since I've seen this panel. I think it was 69. I'm going to say 69. I have no way to verify it. You, you're looking at me. You have 10 million <laughs> listeners here who will be happy to say he was wrong. Oh, yeah. It was 68 in his face, so we won't have long to wait. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Robert And says, it might have been 68 now that I think about it. Uh-uh. 
Robert says, split out the This Week in Marvel Infinity podcast between the gym and dinner. It was great to hear uh, Ben J. Morris and Tom Brevoort once again. We got, have we done a Battle of the Atom podcast? No, I've noticed you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben is now in Prague and France gallivanting around the world, uh, so when he comes back... Is he, is he checking out the new attractions at Disneyland Paris? He is. He's, he's all over Batrox. He's, he's a Robert says, listen to This Week in Marvel, episode 99. I'm also, the hold on. Yeah. I love how Tom thinks that Paris is like right, either right near or in the Czech Republic. <laughs> no, no, I said he's in Prague and oh, France. Okay, I take it France. back. I take it back. Yeah, France sure. was mentioned. Yes. <laughs> I'm not paying enough attention there. Uh, yeah. But you can list you all, of, all of the various that. countries that the X-Men have been to in the comics that you have. All the towns. Uh, uh, more praise for Ben Morris and Tom Brevoort. Thank you very um, much. And then Robert says, Thane, who is this guy? The Avengers Alliance Inhuman Son of Thanos? Question mark? We'll see. Uh, gay Comic Guy says, that's his name in the comic too, although it's not mentioned yet. I think Tom Brevoort mentioned it on This Week in Marvel. So there you go. There uh-huh. you go. Uh, last one from Robert. He says, question, in Iron Man 2, what is the name of the element rediscovered by Tony? Do you guys know? I do not. I had to look this up for verification. But it is... Not mentioned. I don't think they actually name it in the movie, but it's vibranium, and which is talked about in Captain America uh-huh. as vibranium. But they don't. That's what he sort of rediscovers in in Iron Man Two. Neat. Probably yeah. should have named it Iron Man Two. You one would think, but hey, we'll there must there. there must be a missing scene somewhere. Yes. A uh, DVD Ro- extra. Ross Meyer says, "Just read Thor issue six nineteen, and there were previews for Cross Gen at the end. Are they a part of Marvel?" Uh, those previews would have been Cross Gen is not technically a part of Marvel but the Cross Gen properties were bought a bunch of years ago by Disney and now that Marvel is part of Disney we did a few books uh, reimagining and, yep, and, Mystic uh, which is terrific yeah, Mystic we, is the David Lopez drawn yep yeah, yeah. Lo- that was one of my favorites of that year and that was the one that I edited that for some reason <laughs> I can't think of the name <laughs> Um, oh, you did. Uh, I can't remember the name of the one that you did either. It's Mike Carey, Letter Kirk. It's awesome. Um, uh, the, the, the sigil. Sherlock Holmes sigil. Right. No, no the sigil. That that was. Yeah, that, and Ruse was and the other Ruse. Ruse we did. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But yeah, sigil. Oh my god, that's the one I edited. <laughs> now, name some of those. Name some of those towns. <laughs> I only said in X books. I only said I remembered all the X books. I didn't say anything about the rest of them. Um, I thought we had announced something more, but I guess not. Maybe maybe that was just in my brain. More from Ross. He says, Just heard about the Big Hero 6 movie. Where is the best place to start reading the source material? Well, there's a ton of Big Hero 6 material, which encompasses five issues, I think. I think. So. It's four. They showed up in a, I think they first showed up in an Alpha Flight. Yeah, they showed up in Alpha Flight. They were about, there was a limited series in the 90s. And then there was at least one, maybe two limited series in the, in the 2000s. Word on the Street. That it's there's a lot of new material as well in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's all I know. Cool. Uh, yeah, we don't have as much to do with that as a lot of the other things, but hopefully it'll be awesome. Ross Meyer says, "Why did the new Avengers make Spider-Man show his identity to them when he did in Civil War on TV? Is it in Amazing Spider-Man?" Uh, well, yes, it is. Uh, that Spidey did show his identity on TV in Civil War, but his identity was made secret again. At the end of one more day. Yeah, by the guy who I own the, who I run that sandwich shop with. 
<laughs> the Slim Shop gets uh, changed a lot. Well, you know, I think, like we mentioned Juggernaut, he just is kind of there to help it. We, I uh, own it with, with Stephen Strange. Steve, gotcha. my buddy Steve. <laughs> right. okay. uh, but Juggernaut's kind of like our weekend manager. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a China shop. <laughs> Ryan Putney says, I just want to say congrats for reaching 100 episodes of the podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Ryan. On this 100th episode, I want to say that you guys were the reason I got a Twitter account in the first place. I have surprised myself because I have not been able to think of good questions to ask you guys. <laughs> That's okay. We haven't been coming up with many good answers. <laughs> I have thought of one, he says. What are some of your favorite moments of doing the podcast? Um, I have a favorite. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the um, Age of Ultron, The World Without Tom Brevoort podcast. <laughs> Everything flipped upside down. Is pretty amazing. Uh, I never, one. I never heard. Have you never listened? I never heard. Oh, you really need. It to was listen a world to without it. me. So you I really have to listen to it. What good is it to you? That's it. That's right. Uh, my favorite, my favorite podcast memory was Ten Speed and Brown. <laughs> and <laughs> it the, comes up. And the fact that it does. And the fact that uh, when we were filming AR about three weeks ago, went outside to, to film. And Blake was there waiting. He was like, oh, my God, you just missed it. Ben Vereen was just here. He was filming something down the block. He came by, stopped by, and all I could think of was, yours, 10-speed Turner. But I didn't tell him that, and he walked away, and now you missed him. I just think uh, Blake has been working too hard. And, uh, That's not true. Ben Vereen's awesome. <laughs> Vereen, very good. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, very cool. you, Ryan? My memory is terrible, so I don't really remember much. What do you remember about the first podcast? It was probably awful. It was probably <laughs> really bad and full of uh, confusion about what the hell we were doing. And I think we've gotten a good rhythm over the time. But it's, you know, having various people pop in and be guests. Right. I think that's my favorite stuff. It's I remember listening to it on the Victrola <laughs> in the lounge as the lights dimmed. As the oh, boy. <laughs> so really sexy real quick. <laughs> sure did. Uh, Scott McElroy says, Congratulations on the 100th episode. Been listening since episode two, and it's because of you guys that I have such great Twitter Johnny friends. come lately. <laughs> Twitter friends including Dirty Lash, Lex Pendragon, Ref Gemlin, Wolf926, Johnny Tempulse, Gunhild Skill, Cassius335, HWView, Wasco, X-Force Josh, and Gay Comic Guy. Here's to 100 more episodes, Excelsior and Penultimate, which is great. Penultimate is one of our... our, our trigger words on the show and last night we were recording with Christopher Daniels and he used it without any knowledge that it was like the word that we, we've used for the last two years and it was it was wonderful. It was to scream it. what are you doing it said. We just say oh penultimate yay. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can't you guys can't see the look that Nick gave me but it was so great. Disappointing. I know that was the point. Uh, Simon Williams who I always like getting questions from because he always throws out a bunch of good ones Simon says, whatever happened to Millie the model? Boy, I can answer this, but probably not in a PG environment. <laughs> so, oh, what? I don't know what that means. Speak in code. <laughs> speak in code then, please. Speak in metaphor. I think I'm going to let it pass. <laughs> Is it, was it with uh, the son of Satan and I think stuff it's like a, that? No, no, that's Patsy Walker. That's yeah, Patsy. okay. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure if she did too. Okay. I, now we need to have like a, a restricted, explicit kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it behind a paywall, make sure we'll people... the Model Max. Uh, yeah, let's there get that go. going. There you go. 
Didn't Dave Sim do that? Well, Simon, to answer your question, we don't know or we can't uh, say. I'm uh, more from Simon, he says, who came up with the phrase, Marvel, your universe? We were using that before I got hired in 2006. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to associate it with John Doakes. Yeah. Because Correct. John was always the one who would say Marvel. Your universe. He was the voice of it. I think it was one of those things that we, we kind of were trying to bat around a phrase in a room. I something in the back of my head makes me think between Dokes and and uh, John Dokes and Joe Q. Like there's something jo- very Joe Q to it about yeah. me, but I could yeah. be I could be wrong. We'll have to ask ask him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, he says, "Where are Scar and Lyra?" Looking for Millie the model. <laughs> Well, that's a great answer to that question. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. We got nothing for you, They are looking for Millie the model. They're uh, in line at the sandwich shop. <laughs> we aren't serving their numbers yet. This whole episode is going around in circles. It's one. Squirrel Boy says, "Congrats on episode 100." Uh, I hope Axel Alonzo Marv got you a cake. No, we had cupcakes. And finally, Squirrel Boy says, "We want Blake Garris to be comical Again. with the Twitter questions and answers. Take that how you want to." No more Blake Harris. Man. Somebody is out there campaigning. Yeah, it's Blake This, this is a bit suspicious. Yeah. Uh, last bunch of questions from the Tech Lord. Lex Pendragon says, Secret Avengers, Agent Morse? Ben, are you holding out on us? No, Agent Morse is... Bobby Morse. Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Very good. Nick it was, had, it was just like a deer, like a deer in headlines. No, I can vaguely remember that. Uh, no, was, uh, I thought it was thinking Robert Morse, the actor, <laughs> in Mad Men and uh, and back in the day and so many awesome things. Music Man. Yes. Moving on. Uh, Tech Lord <laughs> says it's the episode you've all been waiting for. This week in Marvel '99, the return of Blake Garris. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> chronologically, how is Battle of the Atom and Infinity lining up? Well, that that is going to have to be one of those things that you uh, you wait until both stories end, and then it'll uh, you'll probably be able to figure out exactly how they line up, or we'll be able to figure out. <laughs> but we, it's all it's all very well planned out. And last question of the week: <laughs> This week, Marvel talks about Dan Slott's love for timey wimey stuff. I'd love to see Superior end up as an extreme or uh, extreme X Men or time cop type story. Not entirely sure what that means. I think uh, somebody cleaning up. Yeah, you know, running around time and being space. Kind of like Hulk was the agent of time. Okay, just now, okay. So, so you'd rather they would rather that uh, uh, Doc Ock Spidey be doing that and be yeah. somewhere else and not here, shouting at people to get off his lawn. Probably <laughs> he's rookumudgeny. Yes. All right. That that is All the right. end of episode one hundred. Holy Moses! Thank you, gentlemen. It was a it was a pleasure. And it feels like it's only been eighty two. <laughs> yeah, well, you've probably been on eighty two episodes <laughs> with all our halves and stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back with one hundred and one next week. You guys want to head to the Leap Lounge? Let's go to the Leap Lounge. Leap Lounge. This is Marvel, your universe.